This episode is brought to you in part by Wholehearted Love, a new book by Caleb and Stephanie Rouse. Overcome the barriers that hold you back in your relationships with God and with others and delight in feeling safe, seen, and loved with Wholehearted Love. For more information, go to Tyndale.com. Welcome to the Finding Holy Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Hales, and here at the Finding Holy Podcast, we want to help you connect the dots between the things that really matter in your everyday holy life. So this is a podcast for you if you long for a life that feels spacious, but you're stuck with dishes and laundry and a to-do list a mile long. This is a podcast for you if you long to integrate what you know with who you are and how you live. And this is a podcast for you if you need a gentle invitation into the ways of Jesus right in the middle of your actual life. So here on the podcast, you'll join authors, pastors, artists, and activists to hear how they connect the big things of life into the ordinary habit of their days. And to help you on your journey, you'll also get one small step at the end of each episode to take with you into your week. And you'll get to hear their laundry routines because all these big things matter, but so does the laundry. And here is a little bit more about my guest today. Lori Ferguson Wilbert is a writer, thinker, learner, and author of Handle with Care. She writes for She Reads Truth, Christianity Today, Lifeway, and more, as well as on her own site, sayable.net. You can find her on social media at Lori Wilbert. She has a husband named Nate, a puppy named Harper Nell, and too many books to read in one lifetime. Here's my conversation with Lori. Today, we start off with a little bit from an article that I wrote to orient us towards Lent. I wrote an article for In Touch Magazine all on the practices of Lent, and I wanted to give you just a few paragraphs to orient our discussions these next four weeks as we consider what does Lent mean for the Christian, what does it mean for us in our daily routines and our habits from doing our laundry to doing the dinner to doing our jobs. So listen in. Thresholds promise the world might be abended, though we can't be sure which way. We need threshold seasons in the Christian life too, spaces to stop, look around, and be welcomed into deeper knowing. That's because the Christian life isn't meant to be a steady and always comfortable climate-controlled experience. We need new windows and doorways to open in our faith so that it matures. Thresholds provide us with perspective and, as we cross them, experiences. Lent, the six weeks leading up to Easter, is such a season and one that evangelicals have embraced increasingly in recent decades. It's poised between what for centuries the church has called ordinary time, and the Easter season, traditionally the 50 days following Easter Sunday. The idea is that as a period of preparation, it helps our spirits catch up with our bodies so that we're not plummeted unthinkingly into celebrating Christ's resurrection. For often, without something to slow us down, our souls are still trying to play catch up. Lent makes the most of that liminal time. As a threshold, it transitions us toward Easter. What we often fail to grasp about our faith is that to enter fully into the Christian life, we need things, material things, 
And it's always been that way. Just look at the Old Testament. Look at the Gospels. Look at the last week of Jesus's life. It was chock full of things, a donkey, branches, and cloaks thrown in celebration of the king, water, a basin, and a towel to wash the disciples' feet, bread and wine to celebrate the Passover and institute the Lord's Supper, and then the sweat that was like blood in the Garden of Gethsemane, whips, the wood of a cross, thorns, dice, vinegar, blood, and a veil torn in two. Resurrection, too, was full of things, burial clothes folded in a tomb, a stone rolled away, jars and spices to anoint Jesus' body, and a resurrected Christ who then lets Thomas reach into the wounds to see that resurrection is real. Why should it be any different now? So I'm excited for these four weeks as we talk about Lent. And I brought along my friend, Lori Ferguson Wilbert, who's the author of the recently released book, Handle with Care, to talk about this issue of bodies, fasting and feasting. There's so many good conversations in store. So thanks, Lori, for joining us here. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's wonderful to have you. So tell us maybe a little bit about this idea of embodiment. And I know that's a huge question. <laughs> you just read a book on it, and it feels probably like you are living your life, um, always talking about these things. But nevertheless, what does it mean to be a body and to be a body in Lent? And we'll have a good short little discussion to orient our time. I think, first of all, what it means is that we are a created thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's where we've got to start is that you know, we, God, God didn't create us to be sort of spirits hovering endlessly, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, around the beauty of the earth. He actually created us to live in and with and amongst sort of, and he created us out of, I'm, I'm struck by the fact that he created us out of very, uh, sort of rudimentary things, dirt and bone. Um, and so it means to be, um, it means in some ways to be impermanent. It means to be, we'll talk about this more, just being dust to dust. It means to be um, created. We're not in charge of the body that we're Mm -hmm. given by God. Mm -hmm. It means to be uh, fallible. We are not omnipresent or omnipotent or any of those things. Um, And it also means in some way to be captive to the body that he's given us, we don't get to choose right. <laughs> our size or shape or yeah. genetic difficulties or disabilities or any of those things. We don't get to choose. And so um, it really, I think in, in a lot of ways, it means to submit. Um, and there is this sense of authority over our bodies that God has given us. Um, but I think in a bigger sense, it means just to be submitted to mm-hmm, mm-hmm. what we cannot control. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. I mean, there's a sense in which by being a body shows us, just like Jesus did right with the parables and, you know, like using the stuff of earth, material things, like being in a body shows us a relation to God, right? That we are creature, not creator, that we are not in charge of our own destinies, right? Like we can't be like, oh, I'd like to grow another foot and lose 50 pounds or, you know, like we there's things we can't change um, about our bodies. And so being a body helps kind of fashion a right relationship with God. It should. And I think that's ideally. The problem that we run into in the world today is that we are, we live in a sort of make your own self world. Um, mm. What mm. does it mean to not just make yourself into the vocation you want to have or to the, you know, the marriage you want, but also like, 
make the body you want. And so um, we sort of submit ourselves to the body we envision instead of the body that we've been given. And that's, Mm -hmm. I think it's really hard work to, to live in that tension of, um, the body that we've been given and, and the call to, uh, to create and to flourish and cultivate, which, so we want to do that even with our very own bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, and then how far is too far? How do we, how far is too far in cultivating our body and, mm. and making it into sort of the body we want? And I think mm. these are not easy questions. Um, these are really deep, really profound, in some ways really painful questions mm-hmm. um, to ask and to think through. So I think it's it's complicated. It's really, I mean, you said that. It's it's not an easy question to talk about embodiment. Right. Um, and so there's a thousand rabbit trails you can take. <laughs> Especially as women. I don't, I, yeah, I'm sure men have a very complicated view of their own bodies, but I think we, as women too, have a lot of conversations around what is a woman's body what is it for what do you get from jesus and his invitation to women about their bodies oof this is a heavy question i think so much about being a woman is in 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 2020 so much of being a woman is uh sort of submitting to a man's world Mm -hmm. and that's within the church and outside the church uh we're sort of submitting to the uh, so the vocational constructs that men have set up were submitting to um, just the fact that they're the ones who are thinking through so much theologically mm-hmm. um, and and we aren't necessarily invited to those spaces and so um, and I think Jesus shows us a, shows in a sense he shows us what it means to submit to someone and mm-hmm. something greater than yourself mm-hmm. um, not that men are are better than women but just this idea of submission and and sort of laying our lives down and saying, okay, how do I, um, how do I navigate a world in which like this isn't comfortable for me while at the same time, and this is the other side of that Mm -hmm. conversation, while at the same time, Jesus had all authority. And so how do we walk in the earth among the people of the earth, among these constructs that have been set up with the authority that God's given us as bodies and as women and to display the fullness of, um, to be image bearing bodies as Mm -hmm. we go. We, we don't, uh, represent less of Christ just because we're women. Mm -hmm. I think that's a really hard question. I think that in the gospels, I was just thinking about this this past week, Mm -hmm. um, about the woman at the well, you know, she's showing up at the well at midday because she's ashamed and she, she feels afraid. She's afraid to be seen and she shows up and Jesus sees her mm-hmm. and he doesn't see her in like a, um, a shameful way. He sees her in her wholeness, mm-hmm. loves her in the midst of that. And so I think it's hard to show up as women in mm. our wholeness mm. um, because we are constantly sort of trying to fit ourselves into the cookie cutter of, what it means to be a man in this world. Yeah. Yeah. There's like ages and ages we could unpack that. It strikes me too, um, you know, this talk of embodiment um, and this talk of what does it look like to kind of show up in our wholeness? What is, you know, what is the invitation during Lent, you know, the 40 days as we prepare kind of our hearts for Easter? It's, you know, historically been a time of fasting and repentance. What's the invitation to be whole 
but also be kind of chastened during Lent um, in our bodies, do you think? Like, what's the invitation to live as a body? How do we be both whole and maybe give up at the same time? I think it, you know, the the word that we are going to hear or heard this morning, um, to dust you came and to dust you'll return. That's a really, I think for me, that's a very, I'm going to call it like a protective space, good boundaries mm-hmm. um, around what God has sort of set out from us of, as humans. And so from dust we came, meaning we are a created thing and we are, but we are also like a beautiful thing. God, God called humanity when he created man and woman, he's, he's a very good. And right. so there's something like mysteriously spectacular about the creation of, of man and woman, about the creation of the body. And yet there is this very real sense in which like to dust, we're going to return um, and we know the end of the story because we're Christians. <laughs> we know that actually, like, there's so much more after that to dust we return. There's so much more about God's kingdom. And I mm-hmm. think for the Christian, we have to say, yes, from dust we were created and to dust we'll return. Um, but there's more to the story. And that's, I think, what Lent does for us is it we know that these 40 days are not all that there is to right. the story. We'll be back with the rest of our conversation in just a moment. This episode is brought to you in part by Beyond Ordinary Women Ministries, which prepares Christian women for leadership. At Bow, we believe that every woman is a leader because she influences someone. So whom do you influence? Do you mentor a woman, serve in the workplace, or do you lead a small group, teach the Bible, or even lead an entire ministry? No matter who or how many you influence, our free online resources will help equip you. Our videos, podcast episodes, and articles from experienced women leaders will encourage you and perfect your leadership skills. They offer wisdom for dealing with ministry pitfalls, current biblical issues, health for your own soul, and insights for shepherding others well. In addition, Bow offers Bible studies designed to connect women of multiple generations. They provide a challenge to both women new to the Bible and those wanting to dig deeper. Be our guest and browse all of our free resources and low-cost Bible studies at beyondordinarywomen.org. Here's the rest of my conversation with Lori about why bodies matter to us in Lent. And you know what, too, I love what I love about like Lenten practices, too, is that it really gets some of the story of the gospel into our bodies. Mm-hmm. Because I think most of us live really disconnected, unplaced lives. We kind of operate in spheres of email and social media and very kind of disconnected, um, thin, thinly connected spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's something really beautiful about choosing to take up kind of a bodily practice, you know, to feel our hungers, to feel our, to feel our disconnection Mm -hmm. from people and places from God. Yeah. I think that goes back to what you were saying and what you're talking about from that piece from, um, in touch sort of the threshold, the idea of like a liminal space, a thin space. I think when we think about a doorway, a doorway is not the main event. <laughs> right. Like a doorway is like usually like less than six inches wide unless yeah. it's a cathedral. And even then it's it's still not the main event. There's mm-hmm. a 
something on the inside and there's something on the outside. Mm-hmm. So most of us just think about those spaces as sort of the pass-through space. Mm-hmm. We don't we don't hang out in a doorway unless, you know, we live in earthquake country <laughs> and there's a catastrophe coming. Right. Yeah. But I think that there is something really like what you're saying. There's something really necessary for us as humans to inhabit those places for a short time. They're not, right. it's not our home. Yep. Um, but it can be for a moment, like someone standing in a doorway during an earthquake, it can be for a moment, a haven, mm-hmm. um, a space where God wants to show us something of himself, something of even ourselves and what's behind us and what's mm-hmm. to come. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What would you recommend um, to some of our listeners, you know, as they reckon with their embodiment um, this Lenten season? You know, maybe, maybe someone's listening and they've never really practiced Lent. That that might be a foreign to kind of their um, Christian spiritual disciplines up to this point. Um, but maybe they're intrigued and say, "Okay, this is actually a historical Christian practice. It's not some weird mumbo jumbo." Um, you know, how do, how might I kind of enter this season to practice kind of this wholehearted, whole faith, you know, that we've been talking about that isn't just something that we assent to mentally, something that we practice with our bodies. What might be some starting places, both like maybe what are some practical things we could brainstorm about how to practice Lent in our bodies? And then secondly, knowing that some of those things are going to bring things to the surface, you know, mm-hmm. that are much more complex than simply giving up sugar or something. Uh, yeah. what, do we, what do we do with those? I'm really, I love how Eugene Peterson paraphrases um, Matthew 6, 16 through 18. Mm-hmm. He says, when you practice some appetite denying discipline to better concentrate on God, don't make a production out of it. It might turn you into a small time celebrity, but it won't make you a saint. If you go into training inwardly, act normal outwardly, shampoo and comb your hair, brush your teeth, wash your face. God doesn't require attention-getting devices. He won't overlook what you're doing, and He'll reward you well. I love that passage because I think we tend to think about Lent as sort of deny, 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 grit your teeth, bear it, get through. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's going to come a moment or many moments in the next you know, 40 days where we, uh, we want to cave. We, <laughs> we just want the thing that we've decided to give up. I love that passage because um, Jesus is saying, um, fasting matters, but caring for your body matters too. He's mm-hmm. saying, wash your face, comb your hair. Like, don't like, and it's not like, uh, it's not this fake thing. I think in the past, I've kind of thought of it as like, oh, cover pretend, up your fasting kind of thing. You know, like, pretend yeah. you're okay on the outside. But I think right. what Jesus is saying is like, denying is important and caring is important. Mm-hmm. And together. I love that. Yeah. And together. Yeah. And if we don't, I think if we don't combine those things together, Mm -hmm. um, it turns into a sort of a perverted, it can turn into a perverted sense of what God's calling us to. We can live lives of total asceticism or we can live lives of total indulgence. And so Jesus is saying, no, both matter. So I would say my challenge for myself and for anyone who's listening is, okay, how do I deny my flesh in the next 40 days, but also how do I like care for my flesh mm. as an embodied thing, as a created thing, as a, a thing made out of matter and stuff, you know, how do I care for it? And, and not in this, and not even in this like great theological way. Right. Just very like, practically. Very practically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So, you know, if you're, because I think the denial language too can just be like the other side of the coin of the like boot, solo bootstrapperism, you know, like it's instead of like the, I'm doing everything by my own power, it's I'm denying everything by my own power, but both of them have the me at the center instead yeah. of like, how do I worship God? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I love at the end of that passage, I talk about this in the book, that in not in this, not in the message translation, but in another translation, it says, your father will reward you. Mm. And I love that picture of our father caring for us. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's going to be moments in the, in during Lent where we feel, frankly, we feel uncared for. Mm-hmm. We feel like, I just want the chocolate bar, or right. I just want to watch the show, or right. I just want the, the thing we've given up. And I think it's so helpful for me to remember that the Father cares for me and sees me and loves me. Mm-hmm. And and He's He has a reward for me. And I don't know what that reward is. The reward for giving up chocolate might not be a chocolate bar. Right. Um, yeah. Like the reward is Himself. Yes. Uh, and so just remembering that in this, mm-hmm. in this, in this season. Mm-hmm. And Lent presses us into those realities. Yeah often just by seeing our very creatureliness, right? That we, we do not, we, that we want, right? That we are needy creatures yeah. who need the care and face of our Father. Um, ultimately, that's the ultimate satisfaction. And yet just to, you know, I'm, I'm struck with, um, I have a child right now who, um, I don't know if it was lack of sleep or too much sugar, but yeah, it was like all of the falling apart, like, let roll around on the floor, freak out. And, you know, at some point, you know, I just get frustrated. And thankfully, my husband, he has a good way with this child. And, you know, he got down on the level mm-hmm. of my kid and just, and he helped him. And he looked in his eyes and he held him to him as he flailed. And it was such a beautiful picture. One, because I was like, thank you, God, I can't do this anymore. Um, you know, but at least my my husband was really modeling the care of God, right? In that situation, I, I will be with you even when you are a total mess. Yeah. So not only does my husband have a lot to teach me about love, um, but also it just is a picture, right? Of God is like that. He stoops down the incarnation, right? Mm-hmm. As he's getting, he's getting in the ring um, yeah. with his ridiculous creation who, you know, say we want a king and we want a king like all the other nations. Um, and yet we don't actually want Jesus as our king and our king comes and yeah. holds us close. This mm-hmm. a beautiful just reminder, I think, for us, right, as in Lent when we can get so focused on the thing, uh, you know, the thing we're giving up or what we miss or our lack of holiness or whatever um, mm-hmm. in the process that we have we have a God who comes and enters into the mess with us and to be a body which is just so insane isn't it (laughs) I mean when you just really stop like about the incarnation you're like this is insane yeah yeah I'm so comforted by Jesus you know you're talking about all the stuff of that Mm -hmm. last week on earth I'm so comforted by the garden Mm -hmm. you know take this cup from me um, father into your hand Uh, just those very, very human words. And I think that's, when I think about Lent, I always feel surprised by how um, much I struggle <laughs> during this time. <laughs> I feel so surprised by my humanity mm. and by the things that he's asking me to, to trust him with. And I think um, 
it helps me that Jesus, even though he wasn't surprised at what was to come, Mm -hmm. he still agonized over it. Yeah. That's hopeful. It is. And yeah, that is one of my favorite stories in the Gospels. Mm. It's just so human. Yeah. Jesus is fully God and fully man. It's amazing. Well, we need to finish up these short little episodes here on the Finding Holy podcast. Next week, we will be back uh, to talk through issues of fasting and feasting. So please make sure you subscribe and join us and listen in for one small step in just a minute. Thanks, Lori. Friends, I'm so excited for this really rich series that I'm doing with Lori Ferguson Wilbert on Lenten practices. I hope you enjoyed that very first conversation about the body. Stay tuned. We're going to have some three more great conversations about fasting and feasting, about repentance and living in light of hope. It's going to be great. I can't wait. So make sure you subscribe if you are not currently a subscriber. We would love to have you be a part of the community here at the Finding Holy Podcast. We'd love it if you rated and reviewed the podcast. That really helps new people find the show. And so we can all begin this greater journey together between connecting the dots between the things that really matter and our everyday holy lives. And I always love to leave my listeners with one small step to begin to take some of the ideas that we talked about in the podcast into your actual life. And so for this week, your small step is this, to simply feel your body. You feel your body. You don't simply use it as a tool. Maybe as you're out on a walk, you notice how your body moves. Remember that during the season of Lent, we don't simply deprive ourselves. We don't simply deprive our bodies from things, but we also want to aim our whole lives, body, soul, mind, spirit, into the story of the gospel. We want to figure out what it looks like to live in light of that good story of redemption. And so feeling your body, touching your body, noticing your body, feeding your body, drinking water, not abusing your body or shaming your body through poor self-talk. We want to be able to fast from those things that simply sees our body as a tool or something to be perfected. But if we are made in God's image, then our bodies are something beautiful. There's something to be taken care of. And we can't know God apart from this interwovenness of ourselves as body, souls, mind, spirits. So I'd love to hear maybe one way in which you are practicing taking care of your body this week. Maybe you get enough sleep, you take your vitamins, you drink some water, you choose to not overindulge in sugar because you know that that makes your moods pretty volatile. (laughs) Whatever it is, I'd love to hear. And you'll have to stay tuned just a little bit longer till week four. Well, you will get to hear Lori's laundry routine. But in the moment, you can always bring the conversation over to social media. Follow me at AA Hales. Subscribe to the podcast. Share this episode with a friend. And we would love to hear how you are taking care of your body this Lenten season. Join us next week and for the next few weeks with Lori Ferguson Wilbert. She's author of the book, 
Handle with Care. It's a beautiful book about the body, about touch, and I encourage you to pick up a copy. There's a link in the show notes. And remember, as you use your body to walk, to pray, to eat, to love, and maybe even to do the laundry, may you see it as a wonderful gift from God. Because all of these big ideas matter, but so does the laundry. This episode is brought to you in part by the Beyond Ordinary Women Ministries podcast. Do you want to grow in your influence? Bow's episodes feature tips for leaders of any kind, from mentoring one woman to leading a ministry. Browse Bow's podcast at beyondordinarywomen.org.